Welcome to the Zen Tiki Lounge. I'm Sunshine. I am here solo. No ladies with me in the lounge this week. I'm throwing this episode together very quickly. I will do no editing. And I just wanted to get something out to all of you before I head away on a an Alaskan cruise. I will be enjoying the all-you-can-drink package on the Norwegian Joy. I will be spending a lot of time in the largest floating casino on the west coast of the United States. But here in the dimly lit tiki bar that lives in your head, the Zen Tiki Lounge, I just want to welcome you all. We always have a drink here in the lounge. I do not have a new recipe for you this week because, again, I just threw this together last minute. What I am drinking is a rum hatton, and those of you who are regular listeners of the show know that that is my go-to drink. I love it. I like Manhattans as well, but I, I like a rum hatton as rum is my favorite spirit. It is easy to make. It is lower calorie than the tiki drinks that I know all of us enjoy, but we can't drink tiki drinks all the time. At least I don't think we should because they are full of sugar in a lot of cases. And, you know, if you're going to imbibe, you got to, well, you got to plan things. And so having less sugar in your life is probably something we should all consider. Less carbohydrates overall, less refined shit, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so I'm drinking a rum hatton and the music in the background is nothing more than an Exotica playlist that iTunes put together. It's called Technicolor Paradise, the numero guide to Exotica. And it's got Quiet Village by Martin Denny on it. Uh, that's already the Rum Hatton talking, Quiet Village by Martin Denny. It has other artists on it, like Arthur Lyman, Robert Drasnin, that a lot of you are familiar with. And then it throws in some more modern and just kind of out there things that the creator of this playlist thought belonged in Exotica. And I agree. Uh, there's mostly, mostly non-vocal tracks on this list, but there are a few with uh, there are a few with uh, vocals as well, but it's it's really great background music for your dimly lit tiki bar or whatever space you may have. So here's what we're going to do on this episode without the ladies. Uh, ladies, of course, will be back. Okay, no, I don't know if the ladies will be back on the next episode. And here's why. I always say I'm going to record a podcast on one of the cruises that I go on. And the husband and I, we go on uh, you know, two-ish cruises a year. And I certainly have plenty of things I want to talk about on these cruises because they will generally have, and the Norwegian Joy, for example, has, I believe, three craft cocktail bars. And I will obviously enjoy visiting all of them. And, of course, that means I'll have some Polynesian-style drinks to talk about and just some other drinks and then just some other fun things that they're doing. But... I like to talk about my casino time. As you know, uh, Starshine and I visit Vegas quite a little bit. And it's just, there's great material on the cruise. And it gives me something to do that isn't so indulgent. So, you know, in between eating too much and not going to the gym, 
It's nice to have other things to do on a cruise that you find relaxing. And talking into a microphone about things that you're enjoying, you know, it's kind of relaxing. And I do have the software on my iPhone. That's all I need where I can edit an entire podcast and post it uh, as soon as we get into port from the phone. And, and I just... I always record a lot of stuff and I always then end up doing it when I get back. But maybe this is the time I'll do it and maybe it's not. So you may get another episode with just myself and of course maybe select friends that I meet on the ship because I like to do that. But if not the next episode, we'll have the ladies back here in the Zen Tiki Lounge, the dimly lit tiki bar that lives in your head. Okay, so uh, I do have uh, just a few... um, pieces of correspondence from listeners in the Tiki Mail. So I will go find that for you. I'm going to keep sipping my cocktail. And as with all of the solo episodes that I do, it means that you get a bunch of music. So I'll tell you the artists and tracks that I play in case you want to uh, download it or go find it yourself or go filter through through your vinyl collection if you have one and see if you can find the song. Uh, So that's really all that we're going to do with two highlights. We will, I will, on this episode, I'm going to talk to you after the mail segment about it's time to make your own falernum because I know so many of you have not tried it yet. And of course, fall is just about upon us and it is time for you to make spice rum. And I think a great place to start is for you to start with my recipe, Sunshine's Very Spicy Rum. But of course, feel free to tweak it to your liking and and your taste but spiced rum of course is better when you make it yourself because all the -the over-the-counter shit unless it's a small batch by people who really care about it uh it's too vanilla it's too sweet it's usually bullshit or it really doesn't have any spice to it at all they just throw the word spice on it because they made it darker and they're selling you cheap shit rum so yeah i'm kind of opinionated on that all right so we'll do spiced rum we'll do falernum we've got the mail sack coming up we've got a bunch of music that's about it no editing and we'll be right back tiki mail sack like a nice thin piece of cellophane is filled filled (laughs) with two emails Uh, so you never notice uh, some of you have that we generally do two emails on the show and that's because I'm going to bring down the uh, exotic just a bit there we go is our, the email we generally do two emails and I've explained this before but just uh, for those of you who didn't know that's about my attention span I'll answer some of the other ones uh, just uh, more personally with those who sent in something but uh, we learned in the past that if, if we make the mail segment too long people they they're kind of like over it so we stick to you know two or three and that's it so this first one comes from Mr. St. Clair He says, I really like the originality of the drinks you concoct for every show. Concoct. Concoct. Use concoct in a sentence. Well, no, I don't feel like doing that right now. But anyway, have you ever considered concoct? 
Have you ever considered compiling them into a book that we could purchase? Like, have you ever considered concocting a book of concoctions? I have, Brian. I know these are listed on the website, but I fear what would happen if you ever got tired of doing your podcast or, God forbid, something terrible happened that would cause the website to cease. I know I could print them out, but an actual publication would be so much better. There are so many cocktail books that repeat the same drinks that have already been published. I think you could release something really special. Thanks. Brian from Minnesota. Concoct. Well, Mr. St. Clair, yes, thought about it. Have I even started it? Yeah. <laughs> Have I even re or taken again some beauty shots of cocktails because I didn't like the original shots that I posted on the website in preparation for said book or app or whatever someday? Yeah, some of that work has been done. Have I put a whole lot of effort into it? Nope. No, no, I haven't. Concoct. Mm. So I'm just lazy and I have a real job and I have a hobby cruising and going to Vegas and going to tiki events and hosting parties and doing grocery shopping and cleaning my house and generally just occupying all of my time with things that get in the way of this cocktail thing. So it hasn't happened yet. It's, uh, you know... I kind of have it on that list of things like, should I ever unfortunately go on a, a medical leave from work because, you know, my health goes south or um, some other thing like that or win one of those multi-million dollar jackpots in Vegas that I sometimes play for so that I could um, retire early. Yeah, I've thought about it, but again, I'm lazy. So here's the thing. I hope everybody continues to go to zentikilounge.com, click on the cocktails link. And I really appreciate Brian saying that the the recipes that I create are they are unique and in most cases I, I they are my recipes and while they may have some small inspiration from others, because truly at this point in time, can there be a truly unique cocktail recipe? No. Anyone's going to come up with anything, and it's going to be either just the portions are different, but all the same ingredients as somebody else's cocktail recipe. Concoct. Or it might be actually different ingredients, but they're the same proportions, and it's a similar style cocktail to another cocktail where if you just swapped out ingredients, it would be the exact same. You know, So it's... Yeah, it's it. I, I accept the compliment, but uh, everything's been done, and at this point, we are just combining things in different ways. What we're doing different these days, truly, I think, is really doing things with. This is what I like to do. We're infusing things with other things that you just wouldn't have done. 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 years ago because those things didn't exist in the same geographic areas. They just couldn't have come together. And in today's world with the internet and Amazon and uh, being able to converse instantly across the entire planet, we can talk about ingredients from anywhere on this globe and 
just reach out to each other and think, God, that sounds great. I want to mix that with this spirit that is only, you know, small batch here in California with those herbs that are from Madagascar with, um, with a particular tincture or bitters that come from another small batch place in Boston and uh, this South African flower, you know, it, we can do that now. And that's where I think the uniqueness comes in. And so that's some of the stuff that I like to do is I like to take obviously spirits and infuse them and sugar syrups and infuse them, um, playing with tinctures now and trying a little bit of bitters. So we can do things now that we couldn't have done before simply just because geography separated the world. And that is just not the case anymore. Geography has brought us, or our speed, the internet and information has brought us together. Concoct is the word of the week. Okay, so um, yeah, I don't know if that's really ever going to happen anytime soon, but it would it would be nice if it did. Uh, thank you, Mr. Sinclair, Brian. Um, so Cindy Lou sent in. She said, "My aunt-in-law sent me a message to let me know there is a new tiki bar near where they live in Nashville." She was just so proud. I sent back an email that said it looked like a great place and I'm sure they make great drinks and she should go. But it's not a tiki bar. It is a bar decorated with robots serving tiki-style drinks. It looks like a great robot bar called Chopper. How do you respond to people when they tell you about a tiki bar that is clearly not tiki? I love this question, Cindy. And, um, you know, I've invited Cindy to come on the podcast and, uh, well, had I already gotten around to uh, inviting her over for said podcast, this would have been a great time to discuss this question. But I'll discuss it without her here. And uh, Cindy's going to be on a future Zen Tiki Lounge podcast, and I look forward to that. So how, how do I address it? Well, I just actually do address it. But I consider my audience, hold on another sip, concoct. Um, I address it by, well, just going at it from what it is. So, first of all, I'm going to do exactly what Cindy did. I'm going to tell this person, her aunt, hey, yeah, I think you should go check it out. Um, I'm going to go to the website for the place. I'm going to look at their recipes and see if I can just kind of filter through the recipes and go, all right, um, it looks like they have some craft here or they don't. And that's going to be maybe a piece of feedback I give. And I've done that with folks is, uh, so here's a, here's a true life example. Somebody sends me a link to a tiki bar on, of all places, a Polynesian island. Is it a tiki bar? No. It is a hotel lobby bar that is decorated in what you might think would be tiki simply because it's on a Polynesian island, and that is the style and decor of the hotel. So that does not make it a tiki bar. Do they have a Mai Tai? Yes. Is it anywhere near a true Mai Tai recipe? Not even close. Did they have, let's say, a pina colada? Not even saying that that's tiki, but... Uh, yeah, they did. Did it look like a good recipe? No. It looked like a cruise ship bullshit drink. Um, and so, so I'll kind of do that. I'll filter through it, and then I will just let the person know. I'd be like, the venue looks amazing. It looks like a wonderful place to sip a cocktail. Looking at the cocktail menu, 
you may be challenged to find a well-crafted cocktail, but I encourage you to check it out and let me know, or if you've already been there, please let me know were there any drinks on the menu that we should steer somebody to and maybe some others we should steer people away from. So that's kind of how I look at it. Encourage the person to go be their own scout and go check it out and encourage them to try something on the menu that maybe the bartender would recommend as their tiki signature cocktail or their house signature drink or what does the bartender recommend as the best drink on the menu or when I go into a tiki bar, I'm going to try their Mai Tai because that is a great place to start. And then I am going to ask the bartender, what's your strongest drink on the menu? And here's why. If you like a strong drink like I do, not just because it's straight to the point, but because the stronger a cocktail, the harder it is to make it taste good. Because most alcohol, when you drink it straight, uh, it is either going to taste nice on its own, like a nice blended scotch or a well-aged rum or a good, good bourbon. You can drink it neat and it's smooth. You can have it on the rocks and enjoy it that way. So it's either going to be good that way or it's not. And as the alcohol content goes higher and higher in a spirit or in a cocktail, it gets harder to hide the astringency or the booziness of it. And most people don't order a cocktail wanting to just simply taste booze concoct. You want to have the bartender concoct for you something that balances flavor and aroma and booze in a way that you enjoy sipping it and you, you don't mind that, uh, you know, the alcohol, the sweet, the sour and everything have been blended and you're just like, this is just really nice to drink. So I order, I will ask the bartender, what is your strongest drink? And I will then have that. And if they make that well, and it's interesting, and it's the sips keep me coming back, Generally, I'm going to find they probably have some other good drinks on the menu, or they have some talented people behind the bar, or at least the people who designed their original recipes had some talent. So, Cindy, those are kind of some tips. Encourage your aunt to go be a scout like you did. Have her send you a couple of pictures, and, and then, you know, ask her, like, what was the experience like? And now, of course, when in Rome. How many tiki bars are in Nashville? Not a whole lot. So would we all want to maybe enjoy a bar called Chopper that has an interesting robot tweak with maybe a touch of tiki? Sure, I would. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go visit. Unless. Here's the unless. Unless I go look up Chopper, and I haven't yet, in Nashville. Unless I go look it up, and what I find is it's in one of those storefronts you know, like on a main street or a strip mall with the big open glass windows to the front and it's a sliver of a place and the front of it is bright and the sun is streaming in and which is, I don't want that in a tiki bar. I just don't want it. I don't want a lot of bright sunlight coming in. They better have done something to bring down the lighting and create some atmosphere via low lighting. 
just like an Italian restaurant. So if it's a dimly lit place, I'm going to say that's your first sign that they care. And then if they can make a good strong drink, that's another sign they care. And if the bartender can actually talk to you about the menu and they're not looking at the menu to talk to you about it, there's your third good sign. So there's some things to, I don't know, some things to think about. Now, we're already 20 minutes into the show. Look at that. Send your mail to mail at zentikilounge.com. I would love to hear from you. I am now going to play for you a couple of Exotica classics that I will just choose at random, and when I come back, I'll tell you what they are. Mmm. Rum Hatton. And then what will we do? Oh, then we're going to talk about Falernum and Spiced Rum, and then maybe a little bit more music, and that's about it. Okay, we'll be right back here in the Zen Tiki Lounge.
welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the music that I selected for you. What did you just hear? I'll tell you. Concoct. First you heard Chant of the Moon by Robert Drasnan. Please pay no attention to the text messages that I thought I silenced. Next you heard Kumana by Arthur Lyman and the last one there was Cobra by Martin Denny. Definitely some exotica classics. Again, I hope you enjoyed them. And a quick little tip for anyone who might be thinking, you know, I I don't want to download and buy or go hunt for a bunch of vintage vinyl exotica. I just want a couple of things or I just want something solid. Well, here's a great way to do it. Take any one of the songs you hear on this podcast or even better yet, the Quiet Village podcast because... Uh, well, let's just say that uh, our friend Digitiki over there, he, Marty, he knows a heck of a lot more about the bands and artists than I do. And he, uh, well, he, he does all music. And so let's say you find a track or two that you really like and then uh, ask your iPhone or Android or whatever player you're on. Most of them have this feature called create a station with this song. And uh, those things are usually pretty good at finding things that are similar, adjacent, just far enough off, but still sound good. And then you'll come up with a bunch of other artists that you can just start looking at. And then you just kind of did the research on your own by asking your device a single question. And I find that very helpful. I have found a lot of artists that way. I've even gone back to Marty on The Quiet Village and said like, hey, have you heard of this artist? And he'll say, no, but I love that track. Oh my gosh, where did you hear it? And I'll say, well, you played this on your show and I really liked it. And I said, play more like this. And here's what iTunes came back with. And then now we've both learned about a new track from some random artist in Espana. And uh, they're doing stuff with an exotic or tiki twist and you just never know. You just never know what might happen. All right. I have some Falernum in front of me. Anyway, so let's see here. Let's uh, let's talk about Falernum first, and let's let's give credit to where credit is due. First of all, what is Falernum? Falernum is an essential ingredient in the world of Polynesian slash tiki mixology, more appropriately tiki mixology, I would say. It is a syrup or mixer that is made, you, you kind of make it, uh, you do two things at the same time. Uh, in, in one half of the recipe, you are taking lime juice, sugar, and water, and you are turning them into a simple syrup or essentially a, a, a sweetened lime syrup. And then in the other half, you're taking, um, I'm going to bring this song down a bit. There we go. In the other batch, you're taking some high-proof rum, such as the one I'm going to recommend, Ray and Nephew. You're taking a high-proof rum, and you are infusing in it most likely ginger, clove, lime zest, and you're going to infuse it for a certain amount of time in certain proportions, and then you're going to strain out the solids from that alcohol infusion. You're going to strain out... um, Uh, You're going to then combine it with the sugar syrup, and you're going to have something called falernum. Now, there's lots of different ways to do it, and I give credit to the first recipe I started with, which comes from cocktailchronicles.com. 
It's called Falernum Number no. Eight. If you search, if you just search the internet for Falernum Number no. Eight, you will find the CocktailChronicles.com recipe, and that recipe is six ounces of Ray and Nephew Overproof White Rum, the zest of nine limes, forty whole cloves, one and a half ounces by weight of peeled fresh ginger. Uh, it tells you what to do with that for a certain amount of time. Then you're going to add a quarter teaspoon of almond extract, 14 ounces of cold process 2-1 simple syrup. And uh, what cold process means is that you are not going to heat this sugar on the stove. You are going to let it dissolve in the water without heating it. It does make a difference because the heat changes the flavor. And then you're going to add four and a half ounces of fresh strained lime juice. Okay, so that's the Cocktail Chronicles recipe. But what is Sunshine's recipe? Well, it's those same ingredients, but in different proportions. So I use eight ounces of the Ray and Nephew Overproof White Rum. And why do you use, why do you use this white rum? Because it is a tasty rum. It has a wonderful aroma and it tastes good as well. It is not just Bacardi 151, which will infuse things well, but has no flavor at all. It's just alcohol that happens to be from rum. <coughs> Excuse me. So it's I, I use eight ounces of the Ray and you. As far as the zest of the limes go, I only use eight. Not much different than the nine recommended in the recipe. As far as the whole cloves go, I use 20 to 30. I don't really care too much. Not the 40 in this recipe. But I double the ginger. I do three full ounces of chopped, fine, fresh ginger. And, and the original recipe says to peel it. Guess what? Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Kind of lazy. So I put those four ingredients in a mason jar and I cover it and I let it go for 24 to 48 hours. Meanwhile, after I've zested the eight limes, I juice them and I put those in another jar. So I've got the juice of eight limes, which usually comes out to about a cup of lime juice, depending on how juicy the limes are. And I put two cups of sugar in that, and I will add a half ounce. So I go double on the almond extract also. Half an ounce of almond extract, real almond extract, don't use imitation. And uh, the thing about this is, um, it's also cold pressed, so the sugar is just dissolving in the lime juice. I shake it a couple of times over the day or two that the other stuff is infusing. And I find that making it extra limey and sweeter balances the extra ginger that I put in. And I have just found that I like more ginger, a touch less spice, but more lime, and that's just what I like. So. Well, and I add more almond as well. So I'm gonna I'm gonna post my recipe along with a picture or two. You can uh, back up and follow along to what I just did. But anyway, falernum is super simple, and within you know 48 to 72 hours, you have your falernum. 
you know, I, I think some people will say it keeps for like 30 days in the refrigerator. I'm going to be honest with you. I've kept it for like six months. If it's in the refrigerator and you've added the additional alcohol like I have, it's going to be pretty hard to let that stuff go bad. If it goes bad, there's something wrong with you. Right? Concoct. Okay, so that's the falernum. Um, now, let's talk about what do you do with it. Well, you use like maybe the Grog Log by Beach Bumberry or his app, Total Tiki. And you type in falernum and then you'll have all the recipes come up that uh, use falernum. And you'll find that there's a few of them and they're quite tasty. But falernum, it's an ingredient that you might want to consider adding to your iced tea or to a mojito or to any other drink that's a little more on the sour end and you're like, I want to add a touch more sweetness to this, but I'm also adding spice and that lime zest and the almond and it's great. Uh, it, it definitely is a unique flavor that some recipes call for as little as a quarter or half ounce because it doesn't take a lot. Uh, it's kind of like allspice dram that, uh, that you know, it, it doesn't take a lot to really add some flavor to a cocktail. I've even put a couple of drops in a rum Manhattan or a Manhattan. It just totally changes it. Things for you to think about. Um, okay, how about I play a couple of more of the songs and concoct. And then I'll come back and I'll talk about my spice rum recipe and the things that I like to do most with it. That's so quiet in here all of a sudden. And, uh, and then we're, we're about done, and I've got a... I'm actually going to move some laundry from the washer to the dryer and then put some more laundry in the washer, and then this is the stuff I'm getting ready for my cruise. This is also the cruise where I commit to packing much less. I'm bringing one pair of dark denim, one pair of dress pants. I'll say three pairs of shorts and then some shirts and some outerwear because it is Alaska and the weather's unpredictable. But I normally just bring way, 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 way too much. Now shirts I bring a lot more of because on the cruises, there's the white party, there's the 80s party, there's the there's dress up night, there's, uh, there's generally lots of excuses for people who like to wear stuff and dress up to dress up. And so I really enjoyed that. And the husband and I, uh, his sister's traveling with us as well. I'm sure we will meet some other fun people. We like to go to the gay meetups, which, you know, you meet with the people on the first night. The group is small and it gets bigger over your cruise. And then you got like, you know, maybe 30 people you're meeting with by the end of the cruise. And it's just so much fun. And uh, you should really, uh, you should really enjoy a cruise. Okay, so here's a couple of more songs and I'll be right back.
We're back again. Again, I hope you enjoyed the music. Here's what you just listened to. All right, so John, Jonasen, J-O-N-A-S-S-E-N, and it's John, J-O-N. So it's J-O-N, J-O-N-A-S-S-E-N. That tune was called Ake Pae. No, no, I can't say it, but I'll spell it. It's A-K-A-E-P-A-E-P-A. You say it. Uh, I kind of I just like that tune. We followed that with Ken Emerson and Slack Key Uku, U-K-U, Ukulele. And the last one was another tune by Arthur Lyman, which we already heard some Arthur Lyman today. But that one was uh, Bahia. One of the one of I think the greatest uh, the greatest uh, tunes from Arthur Lyman. One of the Exotica greats, definitely the Arthur Lyman. All right, so let's talk about Sunshine's very spicy rum. Let me give you my thoughts real quick on spiced rum overall, which I already shared a bit. But Captain Morgan, Blech. unfortunately, that's what a lot of people think of spiced rum. It's a flavored spirit. And there's nothing wrong with flavored spirits. But it's not... It's not spicy. If you're going to call something spiced, I want to taste spice. I want to smell spice. And when I mix it in something, I don't want the spice to be completely lost, which is what happens with just about everything that says spiced rum. So spiced rum is generally a way to serve you shit rum... Uh, but add some flavor and sugar to it, and then you go like, I like this. Uh, but it's, no, no, it's not good. So, I encourage you to check out some spice rum and maybe spend a little more. So, for example, the 1.75 liter of Captain Morgan on sale is just about always under $20. Sometimes it's as little as $14.99, which is a good price for something that still comes in a glass bottle, but not Captain Morgan. Is Captain Morgan drinkable? Yes. Do people like it with Pepsi or Coke? Yes. Can you drink it? Is it smooth enough to technically drink just over ice? Yes. Is it flavorful and awesome? No. All right. So I feel the same way about Captain Morgan that I do about Bacardi Silver or Bacardi the Standard Amber. It's just not worth it. The price is right for a lot of people, and that's unfortunate because it makes them buy it, and then they just think bad things of rum. I encourage you to, I don't know, try something like a Calwise spiced rum. That stuff is spicy, and that one is full of orange zest. A totally different take on spiced rum. Another one, another one that I really like, in addition to my own spiced rum, they just always happen to be the small batch stuff. So go to not just a BevMo, but perhaps a total wine that's going to have a bigger selection or a place in your area that's known for having a good selection and try to find yourself a spice rum that might be from a local distillery or a place that says small batch and pretty much what you're going to get you can almost guarantee it you're going to taste the spice it's just going to come out you're going to notice it and it's not going to be like what you've thought of spiced rum before if you've not really dabbled in it I have one up there from a Utah distillery given to me by Rod. 
And I really do appreciate Rod gifting this rum to me because that one, it's like it's like the pumpkin pie spices in a rum. And you can still actually taste rum, but you definitely get the pumpkin spice notes. But not like a pumpkin spice latte, not like that. It, it's I would say it's hints of pumpkin spice, but it's a dark, flavorful, awesome rum. Uh, spiced rums should be super dark because all of those spices, the clove, the cinnamon, the allspice, uh, the, even pepper, vanilla, they, they can put all kinds of things in it, cardamom, they're... It, they're gonna darken the alcohol that they're being infused in. So if you get a really light spiced rum, a light and color spiced rum, what the hell? They're either filtering out the color or they started with a silver to begin with, which is fine. And then they diluted it with more plainer silver or high proof rum or water or sugar or something. Just, it's shenanigans. Okay, I'm not gonna get too deep into that. So bottom line, try making your own spiced rum it's great for fall drinks. It's great for holiday drinks. And you can flow it right into spring and summer too because in small doses, a touch of spice is so good in the fresh citruses that are good during spring and summer. Um, a little bit of spice, it's also good in cooking, baking, teas, coffees. So with this episode, episode 418, you're going to see a link to my video. You get a video, not just the ingredients, but you get a video. The ingredients are actually on the screen on the video so that you can jot it down. And it's in the printed blog post that goes along with it. It tells you how to make my spice drum. It's a starting point. Just like Falernum number eight was a starting point for me on Cocktail Chronicles, I hope my spiced rum video is a starting point for you. Now here's what you do with it. I have about 12 recipes on zentikilounge.com and the cocktails link that use my spiced rum. There you go, done. But swap it out with anything else that you like spiced rum with. And yes, it's good if you're one of those people who likes rum and coke. Try it. I'm not a fan, it's too sweet that way. The next thing is, if you make a rum cake or you like to bake around the holidays, Swap out half or most of the water in a recipe with this spiced rum. You're going to love yourself for it. And so will everybody who eats the baked good. Rum balls. Absolutely make that with it. Eggnog. Absolutely swap out the rum for the spiced rum. And then follow the eggnog recipe appropriately. Or just take Nana's recipe. Swap out rum for spiced rum. This spiced rum in particular, people are going to love it. Bottle it up. Order 12 or 24 packs of those little two or four ounce glass bottles. Uh, they're called Boston bottles, by the way, if you don't know what to search for online. Fill them up with spiced rum. Make yourself a label on your computer. Give them out as gifts. People will love it. They're great stocking stuffers. They're great gifts to give out at a Halloween party to your adult friends. It's a great way to take two to four ounces of liquor with you in the car. Keep it in your, maybe not your glove box, but your trunk or something like that. There's a lot of things that you can do with spiced rum. Also, do not hesitate to reduce it down with, let's say, some pineapple juice or other fruit juice on the stove make a spiced fruit syrup 
reduce it down, use it as a glaze on chicken. You can marinate meat in this spiced rum. You, you can drizzle it on pancakes. Just, I mean, come on. If you, if you like the flavor of it, just, it's like Frank's Red Hot Sauce. You can put that shit on anything. And I encourage you to do it. Oh my gosh, look, we're at the end of the episode. I like Valley High. Doesn't everybody like that musical? It's a classic. Well, I want to join you. No, I want to thank you for joining me here in the Zen Tiki Lounge. I'm having my last sip of the drink. I'm going to take a nap. Uh, I want to thank you for joining me here in the Zen Tiki Lounge, the dimly lit tiki bar that lives in your head. Starshine, Kehlani, and Pumpkin are not here, but they wish they could have been. Starshine's been texting me. She was like, you need to come to this thing that some of us are going to. But I can't because I'm I'm doing stuff for a community event between this podcast. I'm doing the laundry for my uh, cruise. I am trying not to leave the house and get distracted by other things and not get my chores and errands done. So before I do my final days at work and go on vacation. And so sometimes it's okay to say no to social stuff. Um... The ladies will be back on the next episode, or it'll be that cruise podcast with me. I hope you're looking forward to it. Please tell a friend about the podcast. And I'm going to leave you with something right here at the end that I can't forget to mention. TikiBarTshirtClub.com. I'm wearing, you know, nine times out of ten when I record this podcast, I am wearing a Tiki Bar T-Shirt Club shirt. Why? Because I'm either recording the show after work or on a day I'm not working. That means I've switched over to casual mode and guess what i want to wear t-shirt and shorts or t-shirt and jeans when i'm in casual mode and guess what i have in my closet two dozen or more tiki bar t-shirt club shirts not just because they've been so nice to us here on the podcast but because it's a soft cotton tee they're they the fit is so nice a, a different tiki bar on every shirt when you get the shirt they give you a little story about that old tiki bar that's no longer with us so that you can understand a little bit more about our Tiki Bar history and a little bit of urban archaeology. TikiBarTshirtClub.com. You get a new shirt every month, or you can order just the one you want. But I recommend the subscription. Get a 12-month subscription or gift one to somebody else so that they can get a new shirt every month. You know, it's a really good gift for like a college student who, you know, they're of drinking age. And you get them like get them like a three six month subscription whatever to Tiki Bar T shirt club, or for the length of the duration they'll be in their dorm or away at school or whatever they're gonna get one every month. Cause guess what? They're gonna wear it. They're gonna publicize Tiki Bar T shirt club. It's a nice T shirt. They're gonna get compliments. And the kids these days they like to wear stuff that looks vintage. So there you go. All right, that does it. Thank you for joining us here in the Zen Tiki Lounge. And until next time, mahalo.